0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. If you get to see the movie when it comes out called The Jesus Revolution, our friends that Byron and the team are with right now um, we're in that church when there was an outbreak of God, and uh, anyway, Pastor Jim was standing on the door greeting people. So, for all the people that stand on the door and greet people, you better get ready for God to move in your life. And uh, a woman walked in who was a drug runner. And Jim said, hello, Deb. And he hadn't even met her at this point. And her name was Deborah. And today they've been married for something like 44 years. Jim was, this is his third wife. Deb was a drug runner. And they built this church called The Rock International. I want to tell you, God is moving in our streets. He's moving in our neighbourhoods. He's moving across our land. He's moving across your prayers. And God is moving in our church here and i want us to have hearts that are open and receptive to what the lord is doing and what he's saying you know this morning it's only happened to me a couple of times but this morning in worship i'm standing on the front row and just for a i don't know a minute maybe i felt oil i literally felt oil and i've only felt that a couple of times before but i i looked up to see what was going on or what was happening and And I felt oil. And oil always represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when the anointing comes, God's about to destroy and absolutely obliterate and dismantle yokes. And there's been yokes upon the body of Christ and the enemies wanted to close down, shut down, limit and weaken. And God's about to say, not on my watch. God's about to move upon His church. And I want you, the church, to be ready, open, and receptive. I, I love these young people right here. I love the fact they take up these first few rows. It means they're hungry for the Lord. They're hungry for Jesus. And that's a pretty, pretty awesome position and posture to be in. And you guys, if you want to look upon someone older who is older but still hungry for Jesus... You want to get down the road and say, I'm just as hungry as when I first started. The last thing you want to do is become stale. You don't want to get stale in the kingdom of God. There's nothing to grow stale about. He is a God who does extraordinary things. I want to talk to you tonight. We'll see how we go. But I've called this, is this not the fast I've chosen? And for those of us that have been on a 21 day fast, well done to you. Some of you have done it partially. Some of you have prayed. Some of you have just, you know, fasted something. You may not have fasted food. You might have fasted something else. But I want to talk about that. And it might seem odd that we talk about it at the end of a 21-day period, but I'm doing it with intention because I don't want us to think that having a heart that is in a place of surrender to the Lord has a start and has an end to it, that it's a continuation of our hunger and our thirst for the presence of the Lord. And I want us to talk tonight for a few minutes about Is this not the fast that I've chosen? Because I know that on a, particularly on a Sunday night, when you've been in the company of young people, you know, people want to, you know, those yay messages. How do I live on the mountaintop 24 seven? How do I prosper and be in health? How do I find my wife? How do I find my husband? How do I find, how do I become successful in business? And this room would be packed out if we were to talk about that. But I want to talk to you tonight about sacrifice and surrender. I want to talk to you about giving up some things that are not worth pursuing. I want to talk to you about having a heart that is in a place of fasting before the Lord and you know it's not just about the food. Some of us did the Daniel fast which we'll talk about for a bit in a minute but it's about having a heart that is always leaning in and leaning in the in the direction of God. So for a few minutes, I want to encourage those that have been on the fast. I had a few days of interruption, so I've picked it up again so that I can, you know, pick up on the days that I lost. But it's more about having a heart that says, God, here I am. Here I am. I want your presence with me. I want your anointing upon me. I I want to know the power of God in a fresh and a real way. And I tell you what, church is suddenly becoming very real. It's suddenly becoming very real and it's suddenly becoming, it's about a people that are just in a place of saying, God, here I am, send me. Here I am, use me. Here I am, teach me. Here I am, disciple me. Here I am, God. And I want us to be that kind of people and I'll touch on this Scripture out of the book of Isaiah 58, verses 6 through to 8. It says, Is this not the fast I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him. And do not hide yourselves uh, from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. There's a bunch of stuff in that that we won't have time to cover all that territory. But you know, in a time of fasting, God is about to get us to claim new territory. In a time of fasting, God's about to position us to reclaim some territory, to get back some stuff that was taken and stolen and intercepted and disrupted by the hands of an enemy. And for those in the room tonight that think the devil is some little cartoon character with a red cape on and a pitchfork in his hand, I've got news for you, there is a real devil. And his nature is to steal, to kill and to destroy. And God does not want his church in a place where we've become ignorant of the devil's devices as the Bible has told us. We've been talking about doorways a little bit out of the book of Ezekiel. And this doorway thing is kind of important to us because it represents an entry point or a a doorway is something you either go in or you go out of. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, God will position you in a door. And He positions you there because He wants you to enter into the thing that He's preparing you for or that which He's spoken to you about. And He brings to us this moment of time. And in the book of Ezekiel that... You know, it's this visionary time. And I love that because without a vision, if you're not carrying a heavenly vision, then the Bible tells us that you and I will perish. If we don't carry the eyes to see something in the Spirit, something of God, having a heavenly vision that is fueled and f- fed by the Word of God, then we start to spiritually decline. We go into a decline place. But God brings us to a moment of time where we begin to see with eyes that are visionary eyes so that we can move into this, what He's preparing us for. And I want you to hear it from me. God is preparing His church. There is something going on. I wish I had all the terminology and understanding, but, you know, you pick things up in here. It's, it's spiritually discerned. The kingdom of God is something that is spiritually awakened, spiritually discerned within you. Why? Because God is preparing His church. And, you know, Abram, there's a story which we don't have time to preach on, but Abram stands at the doorway of his tent. And while he's at this doorway of, of his tent, God begins to speak to him about his future. And it was about a future where he would become a father of many nations. And some of you in this room tonight say, I don't understand at all, but God has me at the doorway of something. And Byron and I have been there quite a few times over our time where we've sensed that God has got us at the doorway of something and all he's looking for is a people who are willing and obedient. And the Bible says that if we're willing and obedient, then we will step in and we will eat the good of the land. And we've seen that, we've experienced that and you know, it's pretty exciting. We've done a few road trips over our time you know, 7, 8, nine, 10 or something or other, you lose count, trips across the Nullarbor. And uh, by car, not exciting. Great if you do it once or twice. Once you've done it 10 times, so never want to go back there. Particularly when you're in a car that's not air-conditioned, it's so not fun, right? ABC radio, window wound down, midges, mozzies, flies, sand flies and every insect known to Australia comes into the car. But one of the stock standard questions that I say to Byron, because round about two pm of an afternoon, when you've been on the road since early morning, is that his face starts to drop, he's leaning towards the steering wheel, the eyes are starting to drop, he's losing concentration, and one of the questions he'll hear from me is Are you awake? Are you getting sleepy? Are you awake? And of course, my words wake him up. No, I'm good, but you know he's—you know he's not awake, and you know he's sleeping or trying to while he's driving the car. It's never a great finish. And you know, yet I hear the Holy Spirit asking the same question to you and I: Are we awake? Are we getting sleepy? Have we become lethargic? Have we become disinterested? Have we lost our hunger, our passion, our thirst for prayer and the Word of God? Are we awake in this time to stand at the doorway of this moment of time that God has us at? There's 11 points through this chapter, which I won't have time to go into, but I'll highlight some. Out of this Isaiah 58 scripture, God chooses this time. And sometimes God chooses a time in your life personally and individually. And there's times when He chooses a time for a church. And I'm so grateful that in 1995, God chose a time for Highway Christian Church to be birthed in this land right here. And we began to prophesy and call this corridor the Bible Belt of the Gold Coast. Before there was hardly a Christian college anywhere or a church anywhere, we began to declare the words of God over the land. God chooses a time. And He positions us and we lean towards His direction and there's times when God starts to awaken and stir something within your life and He says, get yourselves ready. Do you know, Byron and I have literally heard that word from the Lord in, I don't know, 1993. At a church in Salisbury, we've told you this word before with a prophet who came through. Well, he was actually a prophet slash evangelist a man who serves as a missionary in China. His name is Ezekiel Chung. We used to have his family here actually. And uh, anyway, he called us out. We were sitting in the second row. I love the second row. Because every time God has got me ready for the next thing, I've been sitting in the second row. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21 people in the second row. You better watch out. God knows exactly where you are. And this man called us out and said, get yourselves ready. Get yourselves ready. God's about to launch you out. You are pioneers. Get yourselves ready. And so for the next five years, we got ourselves ready as much as we had understanding to get ourselves ready. But what that means is get your heart ready, get your mind ready, get your prayer life ready. Open yourself up to the Word of God. Say, God, here I am. Is it today that you're talking to me about that thing that you said, get yourselves ready? And then five years later, the door opened for Highway Church to get started. With 11 adults and 8 kids and 3 of those kids were mine. Revival had come to Ormo. It may not have looked like it in 1995 but I tell you what revival had come in here. Even when there was 11 adults and 5 kids. Even when there was no church building, when there was no funds and there was no leadership team and there was no nothing, it didn't matter. When God grabs a hold of something on the inside of and you step into a visionary place, all you're doing is being in a place of willingness and obedience and eventually that which is in you starts to manifest out here. It happens with business, it happens with family, it happens with church, it happens with the call of God, it happens with your future and that which God says, get yourselves ready for the future that I've called you to. He chooses a time, a place, a season and a people. Acts chapter 13 verses 2 and 3, listen to this. While they were worshipping While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and sent them off. Some of you in this room have got ministry all over you. Some of you in this room, God has already set you apart for something specific that He's spoken to you about, but I want you to hear one word with five letters while. While they were worshipping, while they were praying, while they were fasting, while they were in the temple. While they were hearing the word of God preached, the Holy Spirit said, Set them apart, for I've called them for the work of the ministry, and hands were laid on them. Listen, some of you have been in a time of fasting, and while you've been fasting, you've felt nothing, seen nothing. It seems like prayers have not come to fruition yet, while you've been praying, while you've been opening up the Word, while you've surrendered something of your time before the Lord, God is saying, I see you. I'm preparing you. I've got something in place for you. But it's while. Some, some have sat back and said, well, God knows where I am. He'll find me when He's ready. Scrap that. While we're worshiping, while we're serving, while we're praying, while we're fasting, while we're interceding, while we're praising Him, while we're surrendering our lives to Him, God is stirring something fresh within our heart and soul. While He sees our surrender, you know, He sees our praise. I mentioned this morning I was driving to Mount Tambourine for some meetings that I had to do and while I'm driving to Mount Tambourine, God spoke to me something very specifically. This is probably going back a number of years ago now and I remember thinking, oh, really? It was such a sacrifice, you know. It was such a sacrifice to do what He'd spoken to me about. But it was while I was driving, it was while I was just, my heart was open to Him. And as I mentioned this morning, I started to follow down that road of what He had spoken to me about. And you know, when I stepped into that place, I began to see God move in the most extraordinary ways. But sometimes you can grow weary in doing well. And you could even grow weary in the obedience side of things. And you know, just lately, guess what the Holy Spirit's bringing back to me? That same thing, that exact same word, that while I've been fasting, while I've been praying, while I've been opening up my heart to the Lord, He's reminded me of that same thing He spoke to me about 15 years ago. And I thought, uh, I haven't quite said yes yet because I know what it means. But I wonder what's on the other side of my yes. I wonder what's on the other side of my willingness or my obedience or my sacrifice or my surrender or my, Yes, Lord, here I am moment. I wonder what's on the other side. This uh, scripture in Isaiah 58 says, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and every yoke be broken. Do you know we've been fasting for that? We've been fasting for people, for families, for a community, for our church to be a church that would pray for the bonds of wickedness. Listen, we live in a culture that has become so used to wickedness. Many people, even in the body of Christ, have been under heavy burdens and God has not forgotten you. It's time to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. You know, Moses heard those words from God. God said, I want my people set free and he's saying the same thing today in 2023. Daniel was just a teenager. Probably a similar age to some of you guys sitting in these rows tonight. Just a teenager when he found himself under Babylonian rule. Nebuchadnezzar was the... Noah, king of that day, to train a young teenage boy under a Babylonian system. And Daniel and his three friends, I love this, as a teenager chooses. He chooses to go on this fast for 21 days and the Daniel fast, if you don't know about it, is vegetables and water. I mean, how many times can you cook a pumpkin, really? You know, it's, you know, even potatoes starts to look exciting after a few days. Three weeks of vegetarian diet of vegetables and water. And you know, when these guys were inspected by Nebuchadnezzar, they were stronger, they were more clear minded, they seemed to be stronger physically, mentally, spiritually than all of the magicians and astrologers that the kings had in his court. And sometimes God, in during a fast, you've come out more clear-minded. You might be a little deprived of food, but there's something that wakes up within your spirit and there's something that wakes up within your mind. Once you get past the first three days, you can almost conquer anything. And someone can put a chocolate cake in front of you. You want nothing to do with it. Maybe day four, maybe not day three. But these guys came back more stronger, clear-minded and had a greater understanding than all the magicians. The king had what he thought the best in the land and these three teenage boys excelled them all. Mark 9.29 says that this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting and in other translations it says that this kind can only change through prayer and other translations it says through prayer and fasting. You see, God opens up doors, changes lives, lifts heavy burdens off people's lives, sets the oppressed free. Do you know sometimes we have the mentality that's just outside these doors? It's not. Because oppression can come upon the believer as well, which can just lock up that which God has put within you. Do you know, I, I heard recently, I can't quite remember where I heard it, but uh, someone went on this fast and God spoke to this person on this fast. During your time of fasting, I don't want you to use any words at all. No words Imagine that, no words. If it was a three week fast, that's a long time with no words. And the reason was this the reason was this is that the words that this person had grown accustomed to was negativity and complaining and opinions and gossip and nastiness and spitefulness. And God said, I want you to fast your words. There's a challenge. And at the end of his fast, he was set free from the oppression that came from his own mouth. Do you know what? If we start to live the word, our lives will alter, our lives will change. It goes on to say here, share the food with the hungry, taking care of the poor and to cover the naked. I wanna underline this because we live in a day of YouTube and social media and everybody's garbage, failures, sins, mistakes, depravity is displayed on the screens, on our phones and our TVs, morning, noon and night. And people's nakedness is exploited. And some are making a lot of money out of someone else's nakedness. Do you know what? In the body of Christ, if we call ourselves Christians, our job is not to expose the nakedness of our brother or our sister. Our role in the body of Christ is to help my brother, help my sister, get up on their feet, find their dignity, find their call, find their purpose, find the reason for their existence and say, I will help you on your feet until you run the race that God has called you to. If we fasted that in our lives and say, I will be the one. Like the four that put the man on the stretcher. What if we had four people around us to say, I'll help you find your destiny in God and get you to a place of miracle territory. And I'll close with this. It says, then, then your light will break forth. Then your healing will come forth. Then your righteousness shall go before you, and then the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Listen, church, we can't play church anymore. We've got to have the glory of God, we've got to have the presence of the Holy Spirit, we've got to have the Word of God that is alive and active. And know that the Word of God is your sword, it is your shield, it is a light to your path, it is your all, it is your everything. And when we fast, if we really fast, one of the things that comes alive in you is a desire for the Word of God, a hunger for what He has to say about your life. It says, then. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And I tell you what, it is worth eating a few vegetables, drinking a bit of water, spending a little bit of time in the presence of God to see a few people break free. To see the Gospel go out across our land. It's praying for families. I tell you what, every time I go there, my heart breaks into a thousand pieces. I've seen what the enemy has done to our children and our children's children. My heart goes into a million pieces, but I tell you what, After you pick up the pieces, then you run with the destiny and with the Word of God in your heart and upon your lips and say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And all of my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace and they will be established in righteousness. And every weapon that's been formed against them shall no longer prosper because I shut the door right now and no longer give access to the works of the evil one in this place. Their healing will come. Their righteousness will come. Their deliverance will come. The call of God will arise. The destiny of God will come. It's worth it standing in the gap in the doorway of intercession and prayer for somebody, whoever that somebody is in your life. And listen to this as I close. He invites us into His story. And we, When we called our church to a fast, some of you said, some of you started early, some of you did a bit, some of you did it all. Some of you are going further. Wherever you were in the journey, it doesn't matter. We join together like Nehemiah. We close the gaps in the wall. We stand shoulder to shoulder. We shut the enemy down. We say we will not come off the wall. We will not come down and play around in the devil's territory. We'll not be intimidated by the mocking and the ridicule that Sam Ballot and Tobiah brought. We will stand. We will build the wall. We'll build the house of God. We'll build the lives and the future and the destiny of our church and the people in it and those that are coming and those that continue to come. Because right now the door is wide open for not just ones and twos. He's the God of addition, yes, but He's the God of multiplication. He's the God of multiplication. Listen, I'm a little bit too far down the road to say, God, just bring in one, just bring in two. I tell you what, I'm in the place of multiplication. I want whole rows of families. If the jailer can get saved and his whole household was baptised and saved, then why not yours? Because the same God that saved them and baptised them and brought them into a place of conviction and brought them into a place of righteousness and brought them into a place of being awakened to the reality of God, why can't the same God do the same thing through our families and our generations and the generations upon generations? He's the same. Daniel 10, 12, the angel comes to Daniel and says, The first day, the first day, listen to this, that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I've come in response to them. The angels come in response to Daniel's words. His words. He's set his mind, he's humbled his heart, and the angels come in response to his words. Listen, the words we pray, the words we say really matter. And we need to set our minds upon this amazing God and humble our hearts in His presence because I want God to move because of the words that we've prayed and that we've said in Jesus' Name. Fasting isn't just about giving up food. It's the fast of the heart that sets its mind, humbles it before the Lord and gets our words lined up with the written Word of God. And I tell you what, if we can get there, then your healing will come. Then the glory of God would come. Then the floodgates will be opened and the revival they've spoken about tonight and sung about tonight and release those words into the atmosphere tonight, it's knocking at the door. And if you will open up the door of your life to say, God, count me in. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to move upon my life. Anything, anything, anything is possible in Jesus' Name. Amen. Father, I pray for Your church. I really do. I pray for every man and every woman. I pray for all of these young people. God, Your Spirit is already resting upon the hearts and the direction and the destiny of these young men and women in this place tonight Lord and as they've humbled their hearts before you God you've already begun to set them apart and some of you already know that because there's a stirring within your life but I pray over the prayers that we've prayed at the places we've stood in the places of prayer and fasting oh God I ask you that you would move and answer in response to our words, like you did with Daniel. In the name of Jesus. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.